I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever be warm again. Dude, 40 degrees is like, it's tough because you're like, oh, it's not 30. Like it's, it's springy. Okay. Chills you to your core. Is it, was it rainy a little bit too? Cause that's the worst. No, but it was supposed to be. So like, I was thinking Wrigley sock. Come on, come on. It was supposed to be rainy and it wasn't. So like, I was thankful for that. I was so cold and I like yeah. wore layers and I was, I didn't realize how cold it was though. And the yeah. sun was out when I left and it was not, that's the difference. See, that's tricky. My toes are still frozen. I hate when my mm-hmm. feet are cold. I hate it. Yeah. Cause then your whole body's cold, right? Yeah. Not to sound jaded, but like you are the only one who has your best interest in mind at your company, like especially when it comes to your career. So let me just paint this picture. Okay. Let me explain. (laughs) So you have an amazing relationship with your manager, right? Like you love the product company has been really successful. um, And your manager is like super supportive of your career within the company, but then the work you're doing isn't challenging anymore. And you're feeling stuck and you know that you want to take on more responsibility at the company. So you talk to your manager and they're like, hang tight. Okay. Like things are coming, things are happening, and then you'll have more opportunity. But you feel like you've been going around in circles because you've had that conversation for like six months and you're just stuck. And even though you can be open and honest about that with your manager, they're still telling you to stay and stick around. So like, let's take a step back from that situation and really look and you'll see that you're in a dead end job. Like there is no more upward mobility for you at that company. And so you're being, or you're being told to stay exactly where you're supposed to be because you're so good at your job and we need you where you are. That's the company looking out for itself and not you, like specifically not you. Yeah. This is a super tough position to be in, especially if you've kind of been like working for the company for a long time. And even if you've been like promoted once or twice, you see you because you've like, you've seen the growth firsthand and you kind of know like what the normal chain of events are. And like, you are growing, but at a different pace than you want to be, or like different pace than the company is. Sarah and I have both have been in this position before, and it's incredibly hard to like because we always say on this podcast, advocate, advocate, advocate for yourself. And then like, you feel like you are, and you're talking to no one. Mm -hmm. Um, but especially in the beginning of your career, like you're experiencing really formative years and like career exposure. And you, if you feel like you're growing, it's really frustrating when you feel like the company isn't letting you grow. The thing is, I mean, guess just like Sarah said, you're the only one that has the best, your best interest in mind. Everybody else has either their best interest in mind, the company's best interest in mind, you have to figure out what's best for you. And I think sometimes we listen a lot to external voices when it comes to things that we should be processing internally first. So let's tell you how to recognize that you're in a dead end situation, um, how you can make sure you're always kind of like in the know about the next best opportunity and who you can kind of turn to for impartial career advice. So yeah. So, let's freaking do it. Um, Sarah, do you want to start? When was a time where you felt like you could be, or you had to be really selfish in your career that no one in the company was going to tell you? Yeah. I would say when I was at Drift, especially my last six to nine months at Drift, which is like a hefty part of it. I 
had carved out a really nice little niche for myself. I was the quote unquote bot girl. Like I was involved at almost every single stage of like the marketing process pre, during, post sale. Like I was the one who was, who was talking to a lot of people about what they could do with the product. And I was like a really good spokesperson essentially for Mm -hmm. drift. Um, but from like a positive and negative standpoint, my growth at Drift happened really fast and it kept growing. I was promoted, I think four or five times during my almost three years at Drift. Like that's so many times. Yeah. And so, and so I was kind of expecting to continue to grow at that pace, which is naive now, but I was, it was my first job out of college. That was like the expectations that have been set for myself. Like every year, if not every nine months, you're going to get not normal, take on new responsibility, which is, but, but then the company entered this like pre IPO phase. It was Mm -hmm. going, I was there from startup to scale up to pre IPO. And I could recognize that I was growing faster than the company was at that point, because it just, it takes longer to get to the next stage of a company when you start progressing as a company. So I tried to have some internal mobility. I interviewed internally for two other roles and I was essentially told to stay where I was. The thing is, in my exit interview, I was like sobbing (laughs) because I was like, this was such a formative career experience. Like this was the best first job, but it wasn't going to be my only job. And that like that loyalty that I felt to the company was really hard to like turn my back on a little. Yeah. Like let go of mine is similar. Yeah. Mine's similar to that. It was also leaving my first like job after school. I was there for three years. Um, it was a small, so I've talked about it a little bit before on the podcast, but not like in depth. It was a smaller kind of like boutique ad agency. And I was on the content uh, and like digital content team. So we did everything from like Facebook programs to like email newsletters, just like everything content related that like clients would need. But our clients were like, I mean, just what you would expect at like a very small ad agency. Um, A lot of departments from like single manufacturing companies and then like a few fun B2C clients, but it was basically the same services and programs just rolled out across 10 clients a day or whatever. And it was fine for a long time, but I... I just quickly outgrew it. I, it was a great first job. And I say that to this day, like I wouldn't have learned 10 CMSs in three years and like all of these different tools and all of that stuff. But it's like, at some point you have to realize that I'm, I was 24 at that time. And I was making full, I think I left there making just over 50 and that's fine. But it was just like, I started at 40 and I ended up three years later at 50 and I was just, it, they didn't, they didn't really do a good job of like, we really value you. They just expected you to like, because it was like such a mom and pop kind of operation, which again, Mm -hmm. is totally fine. It just wasn't for me. Did they like push the family thing to like try and build loyalty within the company? Like we're all a family. This was started by a family. Yeah. Cause I feel like that like is something that companies do to like try and build loyalty within their, their staff. So all this to say, I just started to not feel like valued and that I needed to move on. And I made a portfolio like anybody in marketing does to show their work and find a new job. And I swear to this day, 
they must have had like Google alerts or something set up for our names because the day that I published it, the CEO was at my desk. And she was like, so I saw this and I didn't even, I didn't link it to my LinkedIn. I didn't like, I didn't have it anywhere. It didn't exist basically. And I'm like, dude, like this is a normal thing to have. Also, I've been here for three years and this is a wake up call that either you need to pay me more or I am going to leave. Like, this is not a good job for me anymore. And like, she took it so personally. And so I, I decided I just have to get out of here. And one of the girls that left there maybe like a month before had an old like freelancing client of hers. And she's like, Hey, she's looking for somebody. And I was like, fine. So I just took freelance work because I was on my mom's insurance. And I was like, I just need to get out of here. And when I say, when I left that job and I told the CEO, I didn't even have like a real job. She was like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's that, it's that bad here. It's that bad. Yeah. Like, and, and it sucks because I, I did feel like that was, uh, that was my first time where I felt like it was a family and like, it was really small and I got along really well with, I live with one of them now. Like <laughs> it is like, we are such good, good friends, but it's just like, how do you expect me to give you everything? If you're giving me this much. Right. Right. Well, and that like those expectations at a company big or small, is just unacceptable and like being able to well, see it's those like but you it's like the but that just like validates our point of the company's literally only looking out for themselves so you have to look out for you and that well, can lead to like hard conversations but like then you get the fuck out like right because the, fuck out. the reason that they were so hurt about me leaving or whatever is because they knew they were going to be screwed right and i was like i'm sorry you gave 12 clients to a 24 year old because she's doing all of the work. What well, did you like, think was going to happen at drift? They didn't want to move me because no one quote unquote had the knowledge that I had. And I was like, right. no, that like writing it's beneficial for them to pay you what they're paying you now. And for <laughs> you to stay in that job. Right. And then you can tell that to my 18 page transition doc, because I wrote everything fucking down. <laughs> I did not. I said, Leanna, Good luck. And she was there for two more years after that. And then she had a very similar experience when she left. So I think it's, I think we had different experiences because like you, you obviously were leaving, like you were kind of running away from something. Yeah. Um, And I feel like I was running away a little bit, but I was also running towards something and you were, you were also running towards something, but like, how do you have those some things to run towards? Like, how do you make sure that even if you are happy right now, like keep your best interest in mind, how do you know where the opportunities are? Like, I mean, how how do you keep your pulse on that? Even in between, because I didn't want to, I literally gave myself, it was like a, I can't believe I even did this with my career. I moved to the city by myself into a studio apartment and then I quit my job (laughs) and it was like, I guess I'm just going to freelance. And I, Bridget's life is a movie. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I am the main character. (laughs) But I, between, I like was trying to find a full-time job because I knew at 26, I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to pay for health insurance separately. I knew I didn't know enough to be freelancing. I was kind of using it as a break and I was making decent money freelancing. I just didn't really want to do it, to be honest. I wanted to be back part of a team. And that's when I just started applying to a bunch of places. And my ex actually was like, you need to go work at G2. Like everybody's trying to work there right now. It's like, okay, I'll apply. And I got a job there. And it just like, that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't take, like taken the freelance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when you take those risks, you don't realize like it's lining you up for something else. Yeah. I think that's just like being open to 
kind of anything, like mm-hmm. people reach out to you to quote unquote, pick your brain or to tell you about an opportunity, like why not? Well, say yes to an interview, say yes to a freelancing opportunity, like see where it takes you, see who it introduces you to, because that also just like shows you mm-hmm. what else is out there for mm-hmm. you to either hate and that gives you answers or love, which also gives you answers. Yeah. I, I think the biggest, that was the biggest lesson that I learned when I got laid off from mm. G2. Good segue. Um, Good segue. Was that if you want a job, you have to talk to every single person that reaches out to you. I had yeah. people in my LinkedIn DM saying, I don't have a job, but I still want to talk to you. And I said, okay. Cause who knows who that person knows? That person's going to get a job eventually. Yeah. And, and maybe they'll, they'll have a good you. taste in your, in their mouth from you. Exactly. I was so exhausted during that period of time and so stressed out. But again, I worked my butt off and I gave myself a break during it too. I was like, look, I'm going to apply to this many jobs every day and I'm mm-hmm. going to take these interviews and then that's enough. And it worked out for me. And like, yeah. it always is going to work out. Um, I think sometimes we try to, we try to rush the timelines or predict what we should, what should happen instead of like allow ourselves to move in the moment. Yeah. I'm really good at, I'm good, but I am, I'm better at moving in the moment that I am looking for. If I, if I think about it enough and then I have to go through it, I'm putting myself through it twice. Oh yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. I think, I think you should like at least have, uh, some sort of idea of what you want. So like, for example, I know I want to be a people manager. I know I have to be really fucking good at my job first before I become a people manager, but I've also made it abundantly clear to my manager that I want to be a people manager. And Mm -hmm. so it shouldn't come as a shock to them that if I choose to take an opportunity where I can be a people manager right now, or like be set up for it, like have the path specifically laid out for me. Like that's an opportunity that I need to take because Mm -hmm. I know that the Alice marketing team isn't going to be large enough for Mm -hmm. every single person who has senior or director in their title to be a people manager. Like that's that's just not how the, the organization is set up. And like, that's just something I need to continuously remind my manager of also, because there's that thing of like, yes, you have to be selfish about your career path, but you also shouldn't be a dick to work well, with. The, right. That's a way not to burn, burn bridges is if, right. you, if you lay out exactly what you want going into it, all you can ever say is like, I just stuck to exactly what I told you I wanted. Mm-hmm. And like, it's okay. The biggest, it's like a breakup. It's okay. If where the company is, is not where I'm at right now, but like, I'm a person and you're a person. And like, the only way that you knew that Alice wasn't a marketing team that was going to be expanding to that level is because you had brought it up before. Right. Right. And so it's like, I'm going to learn so much about how to do my job well at Alice. Like, and I'm still learning, like I'm not out the door yet at all, but it's one of those things where in the back of my head, like if people do reach out to me and I have conversations with people, my first question is like, is there a manager track for this role? And that's an easy way of being like, if there isn't, I'm fully out. Yep. No, like, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I haven't really taken any interviews since starting at big time interviews. I've talked to people, Yeah, yeah. but I, I haven't taken like, you know, the LinkedIn messages are like, are you looking for a job right now? And I'm like, no, no. But I think another thing to do is just like check in with yourself too. Like, are you doing the same thing every day? Do you feel stuck? Does it feel like the organization is flat with no growth? Because this kind of happened to my sister where she loved her job, 
Um, but there was no upward mobility. Like the entire organization was totally flat and she kept getting a pay raise as like quote unquote promotions, but there was no new responsibility she could take on. And so she like kept that in the back of her mind that she had a finite amount of time at the company because she wanted to be more than just an event planner. And there was no way for her to be like a manager, a team lead, like nothing, like there was nothing. And you hate to say that the jobs that you really like can sometimes be dead end jobs, but like, oh, it's true. That's it can have it can very much so happen. Like yeah. if I had stayed at Drift, I would have been in a dead end job, I think, which is like well, so scary to say, especially for a company that has so much notoriety. But I but I think about like the people at like a but like a BuzzFeed like five years ago, we all wanted to go fucking work. Those people all get paid nothing because like they're just writers forever. And I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. I, I, it's not that that job wouldn't bring me joy but it wouldn't grow along with me. And like, I'm here to make money. Right. Like at the end of the day, like. That's also another place where you should be selfish. It's like advocate for yourself and advocate for your salary. We talk talk about money a lot, but it's like, if you don't know what people at your level are making, how are you going to advocate for yourself? Or at your company in general, like is your company salary above average? Then you should be above average too. Random parallel to like not business world shit, but like a lot of micro influencers who are getting famous on TikTok are experiencing this right now where they're like, mm-hmm. if, if micro influencers don't talk about how much we make brands are going to fuck us over. So let's talk about how much it costs right. a brand deal, a TikTok, a story or whatever. But they're undercutting each other. Yeah. Right. right. And- so it's like to be selfish, oversell yourself and then tell everyone that you can charge that much for your yep. services. Cause you are that good. Like, yep. just, I don't like people aren't going to pay you less because everyone's starting to charge the same. Like that means that you're all going to get paid fairly. Like I don't No, but I, I always, I mean, we talk, I, like you said, we talk about money a lot, but it, you have to have the skills to back up what you're asking for. Right. So like, that's where it comes into play. I'm not saying ask for money. If you can't do your fucking job, you have to be able to do your job. Right. But if you are good at your job and you know that, then you should be asking for more money. Yeah. Ask for more money. <laughs> Every podcast just ends with ask for more money. Just, you should be paid more. I just, you just should. In doing research for this episode, and this is one that came up a decent amount, but I think it's important to talk about because I think we're like, we, sh- we are big advocates of this and it's more of like a do as I say, not as we do yet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like be selfish with your time. Mm-hmm. If something's wasting your time, don't do it. Connor Gross had a like LinkedIn post slash tweet thread about this today where it's like, if there's something you hate on your calendar, cancel it. Yeah. Like try and figure out how to not do it. Yep. <laughs> like if you, you're in a job to learn and do the stuff that you want to learn and do. And so if you hate doing something like tell, tell someone that you hate doing it so you can stop doing it. Like if something yeah. sucks up all your time, don't do it. Or like, don't overstep how much time you spend on something that's not a part of your job. That's actually not going to progress your career either. Cause yep. there's like a fine line between trying to do a little bit more to do the job that you want to get promoted versus doing a whole bunch of shit that wastes your time. And you don't then get to do the things that help you grow. I think too, uh, that goes for like actual tasks or pro like projects, whatever, but like I, you said that. And all I could, like the first thing that popped in my brain was meetings. Like, oh, if you God. hate meetings, 
cancel most of them. I had like seven find hours a of way on Tuesday and Wednesday last week. Yeah. Horrifying. Like you have to find a, like if that's a thing every month or whatever for mm-hmm. planning, I get that. But like I don't if I can find a way to give you a project plan or like put it in a sauna so like I don't right. have to have a meeting to like for a kickoff meeting for 10 minutes that like I just don't want to have that meeting. Right. Like I specifically don't want to have that meeting. Right. Uh so I think like just a way where you can be selfish, but also be like a, like a quote unquote team player or like a good person to work with. is just like communication, like mm-hmm. the way that you say things, what do we talk about all the time? Also soft skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, if you, if someone asks you to do something that you specifically hate doing or don't want to do, or is like so far beyond your job description that it's like laughable that they're asking you, mm-hmm. um, like figure, like ask them, is it a priority for them? to get this thing done right now, this very second, like, what is the priority of this? So I can prioritize it against the stuff that I'm working on. Also let them know what you're working on in case it like two birds with one stone handles, whatever it is that they're asking That happens more often than you think it does. It really does. Where you're like, Hey, like how big of a priority is this? I'm currently working on X, Y, and Z that this tangentially seems like it might fix whatever it is that you would like fixing. Like how, how does that work for you? Like, especially in marketing, especially on mm-hmm. customer marketing, when the customer mm-hmm. success team wants a specific blog post on how to sell to one specific persona, because one customer asked for it. Like, yeah, no. they need it tomorrow because like, the no. call is tomorrow. I'm, I won't do that, but I will help you tell your customer why they shouldn't need that. That was like a whole tangent of things, but like, if you hate doing a part of your job and you want to offload it to someone, like talk to your manager and be like, Hey, I hate this. <laughs> and it's a time suck. And it's not worth my time planning out social. Yeah. <laughs> like, can I help find an agency who can handle it? Can I help di- divvy up some of my time with this person who could potentially learn about content distribution through social? Right. And then they can actually do the planning part of it. Yeah. Just, just try and figure out how you can be selfish with your time, uh, but also not a dick. <laughs> well, I think too, when I, this is again, something that we talk about a lot is like your manager doesn't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And if it's part of your job description and you don't like doing it, you can say, I actually don't like this. Can we figure out a way to do something else? Yeah. They need to yeah. hear you say that because otherwise they just think it's fine. And they think it's handled because you are one of four people or however, 40 people, it doesn't matter, but like you have your set of responsibilities and it falls within your thing. So they think you're good. Yeah. And if you don't like that and they could tell you fuck off, like that's, it's in your job description. So they could tell you to fuck off, but if you have a good manager, they probably won't say that to you. Right. Right. So be selfish with your career, be selfish with your time. Oh, um, who can you talk to? If you want like, like career advice unbiased from an unbiased perspective, not LinkedIn influencers, not LinkedIn influencers, (laughs) but, um, us over LinkedIn or Twitter DMs. (laughs) I think that you could ask us questions and we might not give you the right answers, but we'll tell you our honest truth. Yeah. Like I think right (laughs) on our website, even it says like, we are specifically not mentors, but I will tell you from my experience, how, if I have been through that, like what happened, like how I handled it. Also, if you do have a mentor, absolutely someone to talk to 
I, yes. I think we've talked about my mentor before. Every time I talk to her, I fucking love her more and more. We love Jess. She has absolutely no idea what goes on at Alice. So I have to remind her that I don't work with assholes so that like nothing is actually that dire and nothing is yeah. ever like bad. Yeah. <laughs> but like, these are the things that are going on. How should I, how should I approach this? How should yeah. I structure this? How can I be more prepared for meetings? Like, how can I, like all of those questions she can answer from like a very unbiased and like more like bias in my best interest kind of like yeah. place because she's not trying to keep me where I am. Yeah. She wants me to grow like yeah. specifically. So she will have that sort of mindset instead of like, I need you here because you help me do my job. Right. Which. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know that I can tell everybody where to get good advice, but I can tell you where I get my best advice is. I mean, my speaking of soft skills, my therapist helps me immensely with that. Just being like, Bridget, did you think about that before you said it out loud? I mean, I talk to my brother, like I go to different people for different things, right? Yeah. I go to my brother to understand my thought process because we think very similarly. I go to my scrappy squad of people from G2 to, to understand if it's like a work specific issue or like a marketing thing. Like those are my people for, and like you and Leanna, like, I go to my friends for things like that because they understand like the actual you. players yeah. and me and how I would react in that scenario because yeah. you like worked with me before. Yeah. Um, Having those like real friends that you also happen to have worked with is like, it's elite. a cheat It's elite. Like I have Jackie, I have Matilda. Like when we get on a call, like we'll talk about work shit or we'll talk about life shit, but then we'll also be like, oh, like this is happening or like, mm -hmm. I don't really want to do that until mm -hmm. I get the opportunity to do this. Like yep. it just comes up naturally because that's it's, how we know each other. Right. But we're also like common ground homies, but I'm also, yeah, but I'm also like invested in your career and I want to yeah. see you do well because I can't wait to work for you one day. Cause you're going to be CMO before I am. So you have to tell me how it is. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think I've said that a lot though on Twitter of just like, how fun is it that all of us are like, know each other now and we're all right? going to be CMOs like that's dope. So be selfish in your career. You can be selfish without being a dick without burning any bridges and by actually like building up your network and even being stronger because of it. So yeah. And communication is high key, high key, <laughs> high key. Yeah. High key. Um, quickly tell me about the cheese that you're eating. I have cheese. I have cheese in my fridge and it's good ass cheese. You want to know tell why? Me. Please it's tell me about it. Nina from Alice. If you don't know Nina Butler, she is the literal light of your life. If you have one conversation with her, you'll be best friend. She's I'm so jealous person. that you will work with her. Like I've, her so I've met much. her twice, like exactly twice. And I'm like, I would die for you. No, literally like on LinkedIn. I would fall on a sword for Nina Butler yeah, like yeah, yeah. publicly. Oh, any literally any day. One time I yeah. it was like the middle of the day on a Saturday. I was like, yo, do you want to get hit up this bookstore that also has a restaurant and get lunch? 30 minutes later, we are in that bookstore eating lunch. I love that. Ride or die right there. Anyway, she had the dopest event for Alice and she let me come. And it was a uh, um, like meditation session and then a charcuterie board like mm -hmm, arranging. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I had some freaking Manchego cheese, some brie and some like cow's milk type cheese it usually is cow's milk but it was like a very specific okay raw milk I don't know but oh my god with like some dried sausage and I just like literally had charcuterie for dinner and I was like kind of sick afterwards <laughs> yeah 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 that's a lot of dairy <laughs> so much dairy <laughs> it was like sort of no vegetables uh except for olives and I didn't really like the olives so I just picture you doing meditation like 
feeling around this cheese board and like shoving your mouth full of cheese. So it was meditation first and then cheese board Oh no, board it's arranging. better if it's combined together. <laughs> but you have cheese in your fridge right now? Um, I actually, oh, me and Lana made the most beautiful trip <gasps> to Trader Joe's last night. Do you, that's either salad that you posted on your story? Yeah. Good. Okay. So good. So we went to Trader Joe's at like seven. What, yesterday was a dream. So we literally just sat on the couch for like eight hours and watched TV. We pulled down all the blinds in our apartment. Good. So it was amazing. Immaculate vibes. But at like 630, we were feeling good. And we were like, do you want to go to Trader Joe's? And we went to a different location that we've never mm. been to before. Mm. And it was so nice. And it was like, whatever. It was just a very enjoyable Trader Joe's trip. That's what we needed. But we got just, par- it's like Parmesan Reggiano. And it was fucking great. Parmesan just- every time. And I made a Caesar salad with it. Fun fact, if you, I don't like shredded Parmesan that much, but shaved, if you do it with like a potato peeler, it's beautiful. Uh, that is some, that is a hot tip. But their vegan Caesar dressing is amazing with just, it's cause it's like lemony. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like I did chicken cutlets on top. Yeah. It looked fucking dope. So, um, rate us on apple Podcasts, you don't even have to leave a review if you just like scroll down and tap the five stars that would also be sick like i'd really like that um and dm us with your objective career questions because we'll be objective because we love you yeah but we want what's best for you so yeah love you bye okay love you bye